Oh my. I love that song. It reaches to the highest mountain. But I love the other part of that. It said it reaches to the lowest valley. You're never too high and you're never too low for God to reach you at your point of need. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. I, I want Jordan to come up. Jordan, would you come? I want you to stand right down here. I want our ministry team to come and to pray for Jordan. First of all, I want to thank you for your service to our country, young man. Thank you for serving us and keeping us, keeping America free. Jordan had an issue with asthma while he was in Korea, and um, he's going back to Korea. He's leaving tonight or tomorrow to go back there. And because of his asthma, he failed a PT test, and they took a rank away from him. And he's appealed that, and um, that appeal will be heard when he gets back. And uh, I'm believing, first of all, for God to heal his body. Second thing is, I'm believing God to let him find favor with whoever he has to find favor with to get that rank back. And so they brought a prayer cloth up. Brother Alex, if you have oil and you will anoint that, and if some of you will anoint that together and in prayer, and then let's pray for Jordan right now. Dear Jesus... I thank you for a young man that loves you first of all. And God, he loves his country. I pray, God, that you will heal this body. And God, that you will touch him. You will protect him and let the angels encamp around about him, God. That he'll draw closer to you than ever before. And God, that he will focus his life around you and the things that need to be done. Let him find favor with the right people to get restored in his rank and God meet every need in his life. Let his ways be pleasing to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. As our ushers come right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to give in an offering. If you want to give electronically, our church secretary is in the back with a card reader, or you can give online at ptlv.org. But thank you for giving, and thank you for your faithfulness. Dear Jesus, thank you for faithful people. God, that you have met so many needs in their lives. You have provided so bountifully in their lives. God, thank you for those that are in covenant with you. Bless them. Rebuke the devourer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give and bring your offering tonight. Let's give God all the glory and all the praise, all the honor in this place. Hallelujah. We have raised a thousand voices just to lift your holy name. Have raised a thousand more to sing of your beauty in this place. Oh, none can even fathom, no, not one can find your word. As we marvel in your presence to the ends of the earth, we give you glory, lifting up our hands and singing glory. You are
today. I got so tired of hearing all the lies and all the things said about this politician or that politician and all the things that are going on. And I just, you know, I just turned it off and I said, God, I don't care about any of that. I'm talking to you now. I voted. So that's over. I'm talking to God now. And I cut that thing off, and I had a little talk with Jesus, amen? And, you know, I just get so tired of all the conflict. It's, it's just conflict everywhere, all around the world. It's just, it's just that way. That's the way it is. And, and anytime God's left out of the picture, there's going to be conflict. And when God is in the picture, there's going to be conflict, amen? And so you better learn how to manage your conflict. But have you ever noticed that? There's no devil mentioned in the first two chapters of the Bible. And in the last two chapters of the Bible, there's no devil mentioned there either. We ought to thank God for a book that disposes of the devil. Amen? You ought to, you ought to thank God that you have a book that cannot be changed. Amen? And when you think of it that way, there's a whole lot in between. But I know the beginning, God created the ending. Friend, he's going to get a new Jerusalem for us, amen, a new heaven and a new earth, amen. And I'm excited about what God's doing. You see, the word of God is, neither, uh, is either absolute or obsolete. There's no multiple choice. You hear what I'm saying? The word of God is either, it's either, it, it's either absolute or it's obsolete. We're living in a day when men love everything but righteousness and they fear everything except God, Amen. But it's not our business as a church. I want you to listen to me. It's not our business that you young ministers listen to this. It's not our business as a church to make the message acceptable, but to make it available. Amen. We're not here to see that they like it, but we're here to make sure that they get it. Amen. And I want you to know that God is stirring up people like what Brother Adam said. Tonight I ran into a girl named Monique and we need to pray for her. She's uh, hooked on drugs, but God was shaking her. God cleared her eyes, gave her that space of grace where she had that clarity for a moment when I got to minister to her right there at Terribles, right by Rainbow and Tropicana, amen. And God touched her and tears ran down her face. I'm here to tell you that God is opening doors in this last day. But we got to come to the place where we're able to say, you know what? It's not my will be done, but God's will be done. Amen. You see, no man can be a Christian by knowing and willingly taking Jesus on the installment plan. See, that's what so many uh, uh, denominational churches, they take Jesus on the installment plan. He's their Savior now, but he's not going to be their Lord till later. But he has to be your Lord right now, amen? He has to be the Lord of your life right now, amen? So you need to get out of the middle of the road. Church, we have to get out of the middle of the road. I'm so tired I said it Sunday about people saying you got to be tolerant or, you know, man, we got to be likable and everything. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're Christ-like, you're going to be likable. Oh, Brother Aber, no, even the demonic man, when he saw Jesus, he ran to him. Even all those demons couldn't stop him from running to Jesus. Amen. So, listen, we, we can't live in the middle of the road, amen? The middle of the road is a poor place to walk. Get out there on 15. Walk down the middle, rush hour. Amen? It's a poor place to drive in the middle of the road. 
And it's really a poor place to live, amen. And so many of us in this last day have been living in the middle of the road and we have not allowed God to use us, amen. We haven't taken the right or the left, man. We just right, we straddling right down the middle and we think that's going to be okay. It's not okay, amen. So let's study how to manage conflict. How do we manage conflict? Everything today, there's conflict in everything that everybody's doing. And conflict in Washington, conflict over in the Middle East, conflict in Turkey and Saudi Arabia. There's conflicts going on everywhere, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse number 8. It says, we are troubled on every side. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I like that. We can, as Christians, can be troubled on every side, yet not in distress, amen. Because I know in whom I believe. Amen. And he'll never leave me or forsake me. That's what I love about my God. You serve a God that knows exactly where you're at 24-7. Amen. And the only thing that separates him from you is the way that whether you're going to talk to him or not. Amen. But oh, I've got a God that says that we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. Amen. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I'm here to tell you that I am not in despair. I've seen people that are dying. I see people on a daily basis that are at the end of life, and some of them are in distress, and some of them are in despair, amen. But the Bible says that we don't have to be in distress, and we don't have to be in despair. It says persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. I found that the only people that really persecuted me when I got in church was my family because it was such a drastic change and for them to be able to accept what I had they had to admit that they were wrong but I didn't go and fight them I didn't try to beat them up with the Bible I didn't build a wall up that took years to tear down I just kept living for God amen I, I they didn't hurt my feelings by asking me do you have to change that much or you're crazy man I, I'll never do that amen I talked to a young man the other day that uh, God gave me him uh, we were together in Germany Philip Hooker and and he's the one that was Baptist. He said, I was raised Baptist. I'll die Baptist. And he comes to the Pentecostal church and he said, I'll never shout like y'all. And he didn't. When he got the Holy Ghost, he rolled from one side of the church to the other. He spoke in tongues. And I just talked to him the other day and he still remembers that. And we're still friends to this day. 38 years later, we're still friends. Amen. I'm here to tell you, friend, we're, we're persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. I don't care how many times that something has cast you down or so many times have you fallen down. If you fall, make sure you fall forward. Amen. How many of y'all ever seen a football game? Them big old football players that are defensive linemen. Is that how they are? Leaning back? Are they on all fours? I'd get down there but I couldn't get back up. But they're on all four and they're leaning forward. Because when that ball's height, they're moving out. Amen. And see, that's how it is living for God. Man, quit, quit letting the devil knock you back on your heels. Man, just lean forward. Because when you lean forward, the Bible tells you right here that he says that you might be cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Amen. You might be cast down, but you're not going to be destroyed. I don't know how many times I was cast down on 15 that day. And when I had that accident, I was, I was cast down, but I was not destroyed. Amen. I wasn't mad at God. That was when I needed him the most. Amen. I said, oh, Jesus, you got to help me. I didn't feel my legs. I couldn't uh, move my neck hardly. I, I'm here to tell you, friend, it was a terrible experience, but I, I knew that he was there with me, amen. I wasn't in distress. I wasn't perplexed. I, was, I, wasn't, I, I was cast down, but you know what? My God, my God got a hold of me and touched me right there, amen. So it says, always bearing, bearing about in the body, the dying of our Lord Jesus, but the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So when we go through something, it's to show other people that are going through something that our God's real. Amen? Our God's real. Man, when I started my jail ministry, I went in there and this guy told me to shut up. Well, I didn't mind the jail ministry so much as because no matter how bad I preached, they couldn't leave. 
And so I could just preach as bad as I wanted. I was a new convert. I didn't even know how to preach. I couldn't preach like Brother Adam and Brother Alexander and Brother Pavel. I, I couldn't be like Brother Swin. God had never let me be like Brother Swin. Never. I'd never get to, I'd be singing all the time. I'd be singing my messages. I'd be playing that piano and many try to stop me. Shake me up in my mind. Say, prove to me he's real. Show me a sign. What kind of sign you need when it all comes from within? Now y'all know why God don't let me sing. Brother Blizzard gets up here and acts like he can't sing and he belts it out. I'm going, oh man. God's going to humble him someday. Brother, he belted out. And then pulls out Dottie Rambo. These, I looked over them guys and they go, man, that's old school, Dottie Rambo. You got to go back to some, you want to hear some good old Pentecostal music, you go listen to Dottie Rambo, amen. But see, it, it all is God's plan in our life that you can enjoy life, but just remember that he's in charge, amen? He's God. And when conflict comes, learn how to trust in him. So uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 4, and 5 says, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all of my tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia... Our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side without were fightings within were fear. So uh, he went through the same thing. Paul went through the same things. There was trouble on every side. Sometimes you wake up and there's a problem here and then you get to work and there's a problem there and all of a sudden something caves in on you from behind. You get a phone call and you're going through the day trying to just keep everything from caving in on you. Amen. And that's what Paul said. He said, but I'm glorying in you. I am filled with comfort. When I come to church, you know what? When I walk through those doors, I feel comforted. I, I feel the comfort of God. I feel the hand of God. When I walk in there and I see your smiling face. So if you ain't smiling, y'all better get the smiling because y'all bring me comfort. Amen. So it's important for us to understand what God's trying to do. He wants us to learn how to handle conflict, amen? Every one of you have conflict in your life. Every one of you have gone through something this week already, and it's only Tuesday. Well, I can't get, wait to get to Wednesday. Why? That's the hump day. What's that mean? Well, you're, you're going downhill now. Have you ever gone downhill on a bicycle or something? Remember that roller coaster? Click, 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 ah, click, 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 ah, click, click. And then all of a sudden you start going downhill. Ah! Don't come and tell me, oh, I can't wait till Wednesday. What difference does it make? Uphill or downhill, it's still conflict, but I've got a God that's able to keep his hand upon me, Amen. I don't have to wait till Wednesday before I feel good. I feel good tonight and it's Tuesday, amen. Conflict must be dealt with. See, that's the problem. Nobody likes to deal with conflict. Man, nobody likes to deal with things. And that's why, that's why people take advantage of us. And that's why marriages fall apart because nobody, the husband and wife don't want to deal with conflict. Amen. They don't want to deal with it. They just let it keep going and it separates them further and further and further where there's no conversation anymore. Same way with our children. Man, we don't want to, man, uh, man, knuckleheads. But if I say something, they're going to get mad. Bless their heart. They need to learn about conflict too. Amen. Conflicts exist around the world. It exists in our jobs. It exists in our families. It exists in our schools. It even exists in church. There's conflict in church. Because wherever there's people, there's going to be conflict. Now, I, 
I don't understand that part of it about conflict in church. I, I really don't because I've never had any conflict with anybody in this church. And so I, I can't, I, it's hard for me to preach some things here because I just don't see what other people see in other churches, amen? The conflict, the, the stress, the distress, the, the arguments, the clicks, the cliches that are being thrown back and forth, amen? It can neither be avoided or ignored. You've got to deal with conflict when it arises in your life. Conflict has left us with broken lives. It's left us with emotional burnout, people who are banged up, people who feel like they uh, have been hung up, and people that feel like they're being ganged up on, amen. That, that's people in the church. I'm banged up, man. People are just running into me, just saying this and saying that. And then there's going to be people with hang-ups. Oh, I tell you what, if I don't know why pastor lets them get away with that. Well, get away with what? I should have brought my coin. I used to carry a coin from Costa Rica, and I'd hold up say, see that coin? They'd go, yeah, what's on there? And they'd tell me. I said, what's on the other side? And they'd say, I don't know. I said, that's right, you don't know, only I know. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, a lot of times the conflict you have with somebody else in church because you feel like they're getting away with something, you just don't know both sides of the coin. Pastor does. Let him pastor, amen? But don't let that conflict cause you to get an attitude to where you're going to just really get upset, amen? And, and you feel like, oh, you know what, I, I, uh, it's just not fair. What's not fair? It doesn't affect my walk with God one way or the other because I'm going to deal with conflict in my life. Conflict occupies a major amount of our time and threatens our homes, our marriages, our communities, our churches, and even our own sanity. Man, I'm telling you, when you got a gripe about everything, something's wrong upstairs. Amen? When, when, when you can't get along, if Bill and Sally have a problem and Bill and Larry have a problem, and Bill and Jane have a problem, and Bill and Gary have a problem. Bill's probably the problem. So if you've got a problem and you're always in conflict with everything, you need to get a hold of Jesus, amen. You need to confront that. You don't need to carry that around and, and get upset and get bitter and get, get, get uh, all kinds of bitterness seep down inside of your heart, amen. Learn how to give it to God. So many lives have been wrecked by poor conflict management. Powerful people crush the weak. We see that in politicians. We see that all the time. Powerful people crush the weak. Fearful people succumb to the bully. We're seeing that more and more every day. Fearful, man, I'm talking about fearful people succumb to the bully. Angry individuals rebel with terrorism. And timid people withdraw in despair. And others escape into fantasy worlds so where they just live their own little world and they, nothing's bad, nothing's good. I'm just going to go down this way. I'm going to keep this to myself. God didn't want us to keep ourselves to ourselves. Amen. He wants us to get out there and show people that he's a God that's able to help them in the midst of their conflict. Amen. Just like Monica tonight when she was uh, locked out of her car and I stopped by and I started talking to her, witnessing to her. And she was in conflict, man. There was, there was problems in her life. But I was able to tell her about Jesus, amen. I'm telling you that God is going to open doors in this last day like he's never opened before, amen. God never intended for this world to be a pile of broken lives, of paralyzed people, a battlefield where people fight each other and kill each other. That's not what God intended, amen. But that's what man intended. That's man's nature. Everybody say amen. I want we, each of us to write this down and memorize it. Write this down if you've got a pen and paper. The person who has learned to let go and let be, nothing can ever get in their way again. Amen? That's like that, that old hymn. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. Amen? When conflict comes, man, I'm going to talk to God. I'm not going to argue with somebody. I'm going to deal with conflict, but the first place I deal with it is I'm going to hold my peace, and I'm not going to say something because they deserve it. Who do they think they are? 
Who do they think they are? They can talk to me like that or they can say that to me. No, no, no. I'm going to hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. Then God's going to give me the victory. God's going to show me and give me the wisdom to deal with that conflict in a righteous way. Amen. The first man, Adam's nature is neutral. It's suspicious. It's negative. And it's, it's distant, amen? That's the first man, Adam. That, that's us, man. We are so suspicious and negative and, dis, and, and distant from the things of God. That's why this world's in the shape that it's in. Some people are, uh, who are suspicious, negative, and distant, they rebel against everything. Amen? I pastored a church, and uh, I moved the chairs in the lobby. And you'd think that I just... I, I blaspheme God, man. They were so upset because I moved some chairs. Two chairs. But they were in conflict. They, they were upset about everything. They rebelled against everything. If I said the sky was blue, they'd say red. I say, okay, it's red. You're a liar, it's blue. Some of y'all are awful quiet. See, some people are so negative and distant from the things of God that they rebel against everything. They get upset about everything. I don't like those songs. Why does Redeem always sing songs about Redeem? I pick on him all the time about that. Sunday, I think it was... Uh, I was, I was uh, singing that, that song they were going to sing because Sister April was practicing it. And I said, play it and again. It just got in me that day, man, Sunday. I was excited about it. But I pick on Redeem all the time. But see, some people, they, 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 they're mad because they, they didn't get to sing. Redeem hadn't asked me to sing a solo. Well, he's never asked me either. <laughs> I'm not offended. Why should you be? Well, Brother Aber, you can't sing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm being honry today. I must be feeling good. <laughs> Listen, church is supposed to be like this, but we as a church have to learn how to deal with conflict and not let this hamper us and cause us to be something less than what God's called us to be. Amen. God wants us to be a church that worships, a church that shows people who Jesus Christ is. And if we're in conflict at home, if we're in conflict on the job, it's just not going to work out. Amen. Man, when I, when I meet new people on the job, when we, we had these two ladies from Mississippi come in and they did a, a weather beat. They taught us about charting and stuff. And, man, I just made that lady feel at home. I said, oh, I taught at Bible college in Jackson, Mississippi. And, man, we just clicked. And we just, and she, what was that word she used? They, they were talking about charting, how uh, you got to use this word that you can't say declined. And then there's another word that you had to use, but uh, it means the same as clarity. But I don't even know the word's so big, I couldn't. She kept using it. I said, excuse me. And there's like 20 people in there. I said, can I use the word clarity? Because I have no clue what that other word means. And they all started laughing, and she said, yes, sir, you can. And when she met Sister Aber today, she said, your husband is a southern gentleman, and they just got to talking again. You see, you can't allow people on the job that are in conflict. When we got there, there were people gripping about having to be there. But you know what I did? I just got there, and I just had the best time. I talked and you know, said things when they asked about stuff. I just enjoyed myself. You know why? Because God wants us to learn how to handle conflict. And if we're negative, if we're always having a hard time, and we're always upset about something, you're not handling your conflict properly. Amen? So in conflict, now notice, uh, um, create. Uh, they rebel against everything. They create trouble uh, conflict with everyone. There's, there's some people in the church, just like Bill, that always creates conflict with somebody else. They're not happy unless they're creating conflict, amen? They reject all affection and love. They, uh, man, if you start loving on them, they just can't stand it, amen? Man, have you ever seen somebody that you knew talked about you and you just get up there and start loving on them, telling them how, man, you're so awesome, and, and, and they just can't hardly take that. Because their minds are suspicious. Why is he doing this? Because they do it for a reason. But you're doing it for the love of God. Amen. 
And so they don't know how to handle that. But you just keep loving them and keep loving them. I, I tell people all the time, people do not believe me when I tell you this. I've been in this thing 38 years, and I have never been offended. And see, right now, y'all are saying, I don't believe that. I'm not offended that you believe that way. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't have the opportunity to be offended. Oh, many a time I've had opportunity to be offended. But I turn everything right back to God. Every time it comes, I give it right back to God. You're not going to carry my joy around in your pocket, amen? When I walk into this church, I'm not going to, oh, that's, I walk to the other, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that, amen? Because that's not what God wants us to do. Everybody say amen. amen. So operate with, they, they operate with a negative independent spirit. In other words, uh, it don't matter what the pastor preaches. It don't matter what the Bible says. It don't matter what the move of the Holy Ghost is. They've got an independent spirit. Amen. They're going to leave when they want to leave. They'll come when they want to come. See, a lot of times when you have conflict issues, you come to church leaving. Oh. I can stay on that, but I'm going to go on. I'm not going to create conflict. Their spirits are nasty and non-conforming. When I was in Boy Scouts, we cooked with a Dutch oven. Y'all don't know what a Dutch oven is, do you? Bless your hearts. If there's ever an apocalypse, y'all are in trouble. They'll be standing outside McDonald's. When are they going to open? <laughs> I ain't going to open. Brother Abram, Brother Blood, we'll be over there cooking in that Dutch oven. Brother Easter's, I know he knows. We'll be cooking. Oh, y'all be saying, oh, Brother Abram, I said, y'all got some conflict issues. <laughs> Man, you, 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 we cooked on those, but you know what you had to do? You had to build a fire, and then you put rocks in there so that you could put that Dutch oven on top. One, one way to cook, you buried the Dutch oven in coal stuff. The other way, you'd cook on top with, with rocks, but you'd put those rocks in that fire. And you know when those rocks were in that fire, that fire's blazing and burning. You know what? At the next morning when you woke up and the fire was gone, those rocks never changed. The wood burned. But the rocks didn't change. See, the Bible says that you're in trouble when you resist the Holy Ghost. And see, when you have that nasty nature and non-conforming nature, that means you can sit in the midst of a red-hot revival, a red-hot service, and you can sit there and never be changed, never be conformed. You'll be able to sit there. Amen? And nothing happens because you don't want to let go of your independent spirit. You don't want to let go of what God's trying. Oh, but I'm telling you, God has a blessing. God has power. God has a job. God has happiness. God gives you everything you need if you'll just let go, amen, and learn how to handle your conflict. Somebody say praise the Lord. In conflict, fear and pressure makes even good people change their minds in serving God. I've watched good people walk away from this truth. I've watched good people because the conflict was just so much that they could never let go of it. They never learned how to give it to God. They never learned how to confront it and say, listen, uh, I had a guy that was so mad at me one time. And I had no idea why. I didn't get offended because he was mad at me. I went to him. But how did I go to him? I went to him the right way. I was going to resolve this conflict. So in a service, I saw him begin to cry. And what I did is I went down to the, uh, the pew where he was at, and I put my arm around him. I said, hey, listen. I said, I'm going through something right now. Would you come and pray with me? And, man, that guy come out, and he came down there, and we prayed together. And he ended up being one of my good friends in our church. You know why? Because I was able to resolve that conflict, amen. Instead of looking at him and saying, what's his problem? How come he's acting that way? I haven't done anything to him. I saw when God moved on him. I knew there was an opportunity there. So I resolved that conflict by going and letting him enter into my life. And when he entered into my life, we went to the altar together, and we began to pray together, and you'd be surprised how conflicts are resolved in a prayer meeting at an altar, amen? Some of you moms and dads, man, my kids, they, boy, about to drive me crazy, man. Just come a red hot service, just walk up to them and say, baby, come pray with me. Amen, watch and see how conflicts are resolved. 
They'll start crying and weeping when they get home. They'll start cleaning the room. They won't clean it like you want it clean. They'll put everything under the bed. But at least it's out of the middle of the floor. Amen. What you laughing at, Joy? You can't do that in the Air Force, can you? I had a rude awakening that first day I stepped off that bus. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And this big old drill sergeant, he comes out there and he looked at me and said, where are you from? I said, Texas. He said, you come all the way to Texas make me mad? I said, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> I had a big old afro. I weighed about 230. I didn't even know what real food was for about four or five days. Made me eat grapefruit in the morning. I got down to about 176 pounds. They started giving me some bacon, amen. But you parents, if you ever understand, really, the conflict in your home, that when you're hollering and screaming at your kids, that, that's not going to resolve any conflict. But when you can just go ahead and hold your peace and, and, and ask God to give you that opportunity to minister to them in a moment when you see them lift their hands and you see them worship God. They don't know any better. They're just kids. Oh, Brother Abraham, listen. I was raised under a tough daddy, man. And, and I'm going to tell you, it was what, probably what I needed, but uh, a lot of that could have been resolved without that belt. Amen. I used to pray that my daddy would hate me. Because every time he whipped me, he said, I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> but you parents have this tremendous, tremendous job. And that is to make sure that your children, you know, I, I, you hear about all these snowflakes and every time something happens, they have to have a safe place. Well, this church is your children's safe place. Amen. We don't have to bring a petting zoo in here. You don't have to bring a llama or a rabbit or a dog for them to pet on. All you got to do is let them find an altar, and then you need to come up and slip your arm around them and let them know how much you love them and how much you appreciate their walk with God. Amen. Man, God's talking to us tonight. God's really dealing with somebody here tonight. I believe that. So conflict, uh, and conflict, fear, and pressure make even good people change their minds in serving God. How many people aren't here today because of conflict? Man, they sold out. I remember, man, they used to talk about loving God and worshiping God and doing things in the church. And now they're not even here because some kind of problem, conflict arose. And they didn't know how to handle their conflict. They didn't know how to manage it. They didn't know how to take care of it. And they let it just dig deeper and dig deeper and dig deeper until they just surrendered, until they just gave up. And they said, what's the use? What do you mean, what's the use? The Israelites were joyful and excited when after 430 years of praying, God sent Moses to set them free. Amen. However, this joy only lasted until they came to the Red Sea. Because what happened at the Red Sea? There was conflict. You see, as long as we're shouting, everybody's happy. As long as you're shouting and there's no conflict, whoo, man. You wake up in the morning and Sister Abra doesn't try to micromanage me, whoo. I'm glad she's not in here. She's not in here, is she? You, you know what I'm talking about when things go smoothly and and and. and Y'all laugh when I say Sister Abra micromanaged me. But the only reason she micromanaged me is because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. There's a conflict issue there. And it can be resolved with this one little song she'll sing. There was a, let us have a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> I bust my little bubble and you kind of, she'll say, conflict issue. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our 
still hear our faintest cry. You did good, though. He'll answer by and by. Am, am I right? Well, that'd resolve a lot of conflict every morning. If you started today having a little talk with Jesus, because he makes everything right, amen? So they, they were happy after 430 years of bondage, man. They, they were set free, but when they came to the Red Sea, they again were met with conflict. They complained about the foolishness of leaving Egypt, something they had prayed for for 430 years, amen? For Moses, the Red Sea was only the beginning of the conflicts created by going forward. Now, here's what I want to get to. I'll have to finish this some other time. But see, anytime you're going forward, there's going to be conflict, amen? So you can either stand back and let things run over. You can stay in the middle of the road and let somebody uh, pass a lane and hit your head on, knock you out of your shoes and everything. There, there's all kinds of things that are happening in our life, but you've got to come to a place that I understand that as long as I'm going forward, there's going to be conflict, amen? When Joshua was taking them uh, out to the promised land, there was 31 kings and kingdoms. But when he told them about it, he went at it one at a time. The king of Jericho, he says, one. Read it in your Bible. The king of Ai, one. And he went through 31. He said, one. What was he doing? Conflict management. He was showing them that, yeah, if you look at the problem in 31 kings, how are we going to ever defeat them? Just one at a time. And God's trying to show you that when the devil tries to have things cave in on you, and when you're going forward, you're going to be faced with conflict, but I got news for you. Take it one at a time, and God will keep you going forward, and you'll keep having victory, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. The Bible says in Genesis 26, verses 12 through 13, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land. What land? The land that God told him to go to. Now, there was conflict. You hear what I'm saying? He unclogged one well, and they came after him. That belongs to us. Well, it's yours. You're not going to fight before? No, because I'm going forward. Oh, I like that's good teaching right there. He unclogged that well, and then the enemy says, that's ours. You can have it. Why are you giving it? I'm going forward. And he went forward, and guess what? Another conflict. He unclogged the well, and wouldn't you know, the enemy came and said, that belongs to us. And you know what he said? It's yours. And he went and he unclogged another one. And when he got to the third one, he unclogged it, and he named it Raymond, which means room enough for all. As when you start going forward and you start managing your conflict and you start dealing with it one at a time and you don't get hung up and say, well, that belongs to me or that position belongs to me or that position belongs, uh-uh, uh-uh. When you learn how to go forward, when you learn how to allow God to take you forward and you just keep going, you're not going to worry about what's behind you. Why? I'm going forward, amen. And then when you finally get to that place, there's room enough for all, amen. I've got news for you. This church is big enough for every one of you. Don't you dare sit back and say, oh, I don't fit in. Yeah, you fit in. The only reason you don't is because you got a little conflict management issues. And you need to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Quit telling everybody else about your troubles. You know what brother so-and-so said? He said he loved you. Looked like a mule looking at a new gate. I don't know if you want to go through there or not. Listen, this is God's church. And in Corinthians, it tells us that in the first, I think it's chapter 1, it talks about uh, that they were saying, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Paul. They were all claiming to be of somebody else. But in the first 11 verses, Jesus is mentioned 11 times. And then it's telling us that we have to all come together and speak the same thing. It's not about 
who baptized you. It's not about what church you came out of. It's about are you a part of his church? You're a part of Jesus' church. And we got to speak the same thing. When we speak the same thing, we're going to manage our conflicts. We're not going to let things bother us. We're not going to get twisted sideways. Amen. I got so out of my comfort zone today. Sister Abra had to leave early and I forgot my handkerchief and I got Kleenexes up here and they falling apart and conflict. Well, babe, that's so silly. Yeah, and most of our conflict is silly. Most of it only exists in between our ears. That's like the guy that wouldn't go to the football game because every time the team huddled, he thought they were talking about him. And a lot of times people think, man, so-and-so don't even like me, and you don't even know that. You just assume that, amen? And because you're suspicious. I don't care if you like me or not. But you got to love me because I'm your brother. And you got to love me because Jesus said you did. And if there's any conflict and I find out about it, I'm just going to go and love you. I'm going to tell you how awesome you are, how cool you are. Brother Adam, you're so awesome. Brother Adam tried to kill Sister Abra and I. Him and his wife tried to kill us. They brought us some coffee from Mormon land called Nymphite. Sister Abra and I made that cup of coffee. I haven't slept in two days. I told him next time get Ramona or something a little weaker. That Nymphite killed us, man. I haven't taken a nap in two days. I've settled every conflict there is. You know what, Praise Tabernacle? Whether you believe it or not, you young people believe it or not, you're special. You're special because you're in a church that loves you. You've got a pastor and a pastor's wife that loves you. And everything we do, we do to try to get you to a closer walk with God. We want you to understand that instead of carrying around this conflict, instead of carrying around these issues, you need to go ahead and press your way through the crowd. Have you ever been at work and you hear these people, women are the worst. She got issues. When I worked at San Rosa's, you know, this, this nurse, that nurse got issues. I don't know why, what's so important. Those ladies, they got issues. Now, I don't know if that's an emphasis or like an explanation. But they got issues. Amen? Well, the woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. Lost everything she had. But what did she do? She managed her conflict. She didn't let a bunch of people bumping into Jesus stop her from pressing through the crowd and touching him. And if you're going through a conflict, if you're having issues right now, you need to make sure that you press through the crowd. Musicians, come get ready. You need to make sure you press through the crowd that you read. Don't worry about who's bumping into Jesus. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. I'm going to take care of this, uh, this conflict. I'm going to press through that crowd. I'm going to take this issue to Jesus and have a little talk with him. And he's going to hear my faintest cry and he's going to answer by and by. And when you walk up and leave this church, you're going to leave a child of God on fire for God, changed in the image of God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Let's all stand. I don't know about you, but I want to let God take care of all my issues, all my conflicts. Amen. Young people, don't get bogged down in this world. Don't get bogged down by what everybody else is doing. Don't get bogged down because nobody is, oh, nobody's living for God. Don't tell me that. Was it Obadiah that said nobody's living for God? Huh? Uh, and, oh, yeah, he said Obadiah. Yeah, he said there's a whole lot that had never bent their knee to bail. He said deal with that conflict. And you know what he did? He was on top of that mountain. 
And God showed him a rush of mighty wind, and he said, I'm not in that. See, some of y'all, you, you can only live for God as long as there's a rush of mighty wind. Long as, man, we're having revival. Ah, swinging from the chandeliers. And he said, I'm not in the rush of mighty wind. And then he showed him a fire. And he said, I'm not in the fire. Then he showed him an earthquake. What an earthquake. See, a lot of your issues, a lot of your, your conflicts aren't going to be they're not going to be dealt with in a rushing mighty wind or they're not going to be dealt with in a, 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 a fire falling revival or earthquake and revival. Because after those three things, there came a still, small voice. And God said, I'm in that still, small voice. This young preacher, he had to talk to his pastor and he knocked on the door and the pastor's behind his desk and he said pastor how come I can't hear from God and the pastor said and the boy said I'm sorry pastor I couldn't hear you and he comes in a few steps and he says pastor how come I can't hear from God and the pastor said he said pastor I can't hear you and he went right in front of the desk and he said pastor how come I can't hear from God and the pastor said he said, Pastor, I can't hear you. He went around the desk and put his ear right by the pastor's mouth and said, Pastor, how come I can't hear from God? And then he heard the pastor whisper, said, sometimes God whispers so that he can draw you close to him. You got conflict. You got problems at home. You got a situation at school. Is there a problem on the job? Is there conflict in the church? God wants to draw you to this altar tonight. And he wants to speak to you through that still, small voice. And when you come to this altar and you begin to talk to him, listen real close because he's going to manage your conflict and you're going to see it dissipate. You're going to see it fade away. Because you're going to see him face to face. As they sing, let's all come around this altar for a few moments. And let's find a place to pray. If you got small children, just turn in those pews where you're at. The chairs and pray right there. But make sure that you come up here. Let God draw you here tonight. That still small voice. That still small voice.
right now would you make that a prayer from your heart right now to be By you turning it over to God, by you saying, God, I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm just going to give it to you to fix, God. You can fight it all you want to fight it. The Bible said if I hold my peace, the Lord will fight my battle. If you want to fight it, God will let you fight it. But it's when you finally say, hey, God, I want you to handle this. I need you to take this over, God. Don't let me do it my way. Let's do it your way. When you finally surrender it to God, God will work it out. I said, when you finally surrender it, if your heart's desires to be like Him, you get to that place, you say, God, not my way, your way. What are you showing to a lost world that's looking at you? What are they seeing? Are they seeing somebody that's full of conflict? You can't find answers? If they looked at your marriage, would they say, wow, that's a wonderful marriage? Or would they say, I don't ever want to be married? I'm just asking. It's going to be what you make it. You don't have to be right every time. One man said when he got married, he realized he could either be right or be happy. He said he chose to be happy. But it can't be one-sided. We resolve conflict by just letting go of our will, saying, God, what do you want? I just want to do what you want, God. I want to do what you want. He'll do the right thing. Let's sing that one more time before we go.
love him together. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We magnify your name. We exalt you on high. God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for a good word, a clear word. Help us to learn to resolve conflicts by surrendering them to you. Doing it your way, God. Surrendering our will to your will. Go with us and be with us. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Don't forget our Thanksgiving dinner is three weeks from tonight. Three weeks from tonight, our annual church family Thanksgiving dinner is going to be a wonderful time. Fellowship and food and fun. Be here. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands. Be free.